Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, we dive into the stellar play of Corey Crawford, as well as the youth movement with Adam Boquist and Kirby Dock stepping up their games, and we have Dominic Kubelik joining us for a sit-down interview. He dives into his pregame rituals, what's clicking for him this year, and just how he's pulling off an incredible rookie campaign. All that more coming up on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Hey, Blackhawks fans, your local Chevy dealers have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for you. Take your best shot to win the 2020 Chicago Blackhawks Custom Blazer. It's a -a one-of-a-kind performance machine with its custom Blackhawks leather interior and Chicago Skyline grille. You can't win if you don't enter, so go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and register right now. You must be 18 years or older to enter. Someone's got to win, so it might as well be you. Go for it. Drive what Kane and Taze drive. Welcome in the Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm Carter Baum, joined by Adam Burrish and Chris Cook. Gentlemen, we have a great conversation with rookie sensation Dominic Kubelik a little later on in the show, but uh, it's been a while since we've done a show. You know, Chris Cook and I had a chat with Stan Bowman last week right after the trade deadline. Uh, we didn't really do a whole lot of discussion after that or around that. Uh, so it's been almost two weeks since we've had a discussion. Uh, the Blackhawks over the last three games have three straight wins, wrapping up their four-game trip in Tampa and then Florida. Uh, Dominic Kubelik with a hat trick uh, continues to hit the back of the net over and over again. Robin Leonard being traded. Corey Crawford, I think, gentlemen, has stepped up his game so much in the last, I think he's got six straight starts, playing lights out and really the backbone of this team, despite all the scoring that he's, the scoring help he's getting, he's doing it a lot on his own. You know, we talked about how the tandem of Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford was so good for this team early on. And then you find out maybe that dynamic wasn't as special as it yeah. should have been. Not between those two guys, but just trying to get two number one goaltenders, veteran guys trying to play in a rotation. I just don't think it worked as well as we thought it did because you see Corey Crawford now seems as happy as he's been all season. He's playing every game. He's making huge saves. And the guys are saying after last night's game that they, they're able to open up offensively because they know Corey's back there. He's going to stop almost everything that's going. And that really has opened up things offensively, and that's why you see six goals. And I know that's an anomaly. You don't have that many goals all the time. But to have that confidence, Burr, in, in a goaltender knowing that if you do push, if you do press a little bit, you step up and maybe a guy gets yeah. by you that he's going to make the save. And the confidence for Corey. And you know I, I certainly put Corey in a superstar category. And um, I can't relate to that kind of pressure, but I can relate to the pressure when you're looking over your shoulder all the time. When you've got two first first string goalies, I guess you could call them with him and Robin there, I, I sometimes think that's hard for goalies. And knowing like, gosh, if I let up two or three tonight and we lose, I don't get to play tomorrow night. So I got to be perfect tonight. I've got to be so good tonight because I don't want to lose the net. I think over the course of the season, I think that can be hard. I think that can wear on guys a little bit. And I know Corey liked spending his time with Robin. They were very complimentary of each other. They got along great, it certainly seemed like. But I think just the psyche of a player sometimes, I know for me as a bottom fourth line guy, if there was a guy got called up from the minors and all of a sudden he's playing on my line and I'm watching what he's doing out there. He's out playing me. He's doing, now I start pressing more. Maybe I turn the puck over more. Maybe I don't play as good because now I'm pushing myself a little harder in areas that I shouldn't. And it's hard. And maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit with Corey now where all of a sudden he is the guy. He's the man. 
it's his net, and he's going to play. If he gives up five, he's probably going back in again tomorrow night because we got to win every game. And to me, maybe that's settled him down a little bit. And in, and you look at the psyche of players and goalies, and um, we're certainly seeing him take off right now. So maybe maybe that has played into it a little bit. I, I think it goes to the to the rhythm as well. So, yeah. You know, Crawford is a very technical, sound goalie, right? Leonard will scramble all over the place yep. and throw a pad up and a glove up, but. Corey plays the angles, and he, he says that when he doesn't play every game or you know he sits out two, three, four yep. days, that he can't get those angles down where he was. So you can see that he's got this confidence now that he's in position almost on every shot. Yep. Well, we sit here on Wednesday as we record a 6-2 win last night over the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, someone we've talked a little bit about in tandem with his best friend, Dylan Strom, gets three points on the night, two goals, his second multi-goal night of the season. Uh, Alex Debrinkit has also started to find the score sheet a little bit over the last few games. It seems like some of the issues that we've pinpointed over the last few weeks of this team would be great. You know, we're getting support from guys like Dominic Kubelik. You're getting great goalies. But some of the things maybe you counted on coming into the season weren't quite there. They're maybe starting to come back into it. And this team is just building confidence as they go. Three straight wins. Uh, They know that they can come back in any game they play in. We've seen it multi-goal comebacks left and right all season long. And now they're trying to do it in the standings. They're six points out of the wild card spot. They still have several teams to jump, but there's 16 games left. And the attitude with this team is still, we can do this. Like we can absolutely go on a tear because they've been doing it on a micro basis within each game all season long. Well, Burr, how how much of that is typical rhetoric? Okay, you've got to win every game. We think we're in it. And but you look at the standings, and realistically, it's going to be a very tough climb. Yeah. But how how possible is this thing? I mean, really, you've got to win seven, eight, nine in a row, or nine out of ten, ten out of 11, eleven. And this team hasn't done that this much this year. But you watch the way they're playing. As Carter mentioned, the power play is going. You know, Corey Crawford's playing very well. It's a crying shame that there aren't another month or two left yeah. in the season, right? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and you're right, Chris. There's some of that is. You get in front of a microphone, you get in front of the media, and what, what are you going to say? No, we have no chance. Right. So, of course, they, they, they got to say that. Um, I think because they've won these last three and it is so tight, I think you have to still believe there's a chance. And if you look at the schedule coming up, you won these three. Um, you play an Edmonton team that's got a their schedule the last three games has been brutal. So mm-hmm. they're coming here. They're probably going to be a little banged up and tired. So you win that one. Um, if you map out the next four games, if they, there's a realistic chance, was a St. Louis game is a tough one. You got Detroit um, coming up. And you and, got Detroit, yeah. who, you know, bottom feeder. You've got a couple bottom feeders. You could realistically rattle off seven, eight wins in a row right now. Mm-hmm. And now, what do you figure? You got to go five and three and at the end of this, end of season or whatever it is after this eight game stretch. It's doable. You also have two games against Minnesota who you're fighting for. You have a game against Nashville who's right in the hunt as well. Mm -hmm. There's a big hill to climb, but the, the, the legwork is there. The, it's there. The path is there. If you win not only a lot of games, but win the right games. Well, here's what I'm saying. If I'm in that locker room, as I look back to last year, when they were down the stretch and they were in the hunt, there were those teams they had to beat, those games they had to win. I think of the Dallas game last year, and they laid an egg in all those three or four games down the stretch. So I'm thinking, hey, last year we had a chance to climb in it, and those against the good teams, we lost. We didn't show up. We didn't deliver. We got another crack at it this year. We got Minnesota back-to-back. We got a game against St. Louis. You know St. Louis is going to want to get that one seed. 
Uh, if I'm in that room, I'm going to say, let's learn from what happened last year. We lost to those top teams, and that kind of cost us a spot. If we can show up against the the teams, Nashville, St. Louis, and Minnesota, we got a chance. Here's why I'm encouraged, because we looked at the schedule and said, okay, 11 of the next 15 games are at home, which would be great any yep. other time, except for they haven't been that great at True. home. But the way they came out in the first period against the Ducks is exactly the way they need to play. And I, you could tell that Jeremy Calvin had a discussion with these guys. It's like, we've got to change things the way we come out in that first period because it, it wasn't working earlier yeah. in the season. And since really Christmas, they've been better at home with that attitude. But the fact that they came out and just kind of played very well against Anaheim in that first period, I was a little bit of a letdown in the second there. Some penalties cost them. But the, the way they're just able to maintain that energy and, and kept the pace up, um, that is encouraging to me because – you've got to get on a run where you win your yep. home games, right? Yep. And it hasn't yep. been that way. And if you can do that, then you're right. You can build some points. And, you know, other teams have tough schedules. Blackhawks have a, a favorable schedule when you're looking at home. If you take care of business at home, things are going to go well. Yeah, and, and you know, we'll be honest, that Anaheim team's a struggling team. Yeah. They're a team that has not been very good this year, and certainly it feels like they've kind of thrown the towel in. But they've been pretty good on the road, actually. But they have yeah. been. And, and you got to show up and you got to play. And, and they played and they – stomped them like you should if you're looking at this from you know is this team ready are they ready to make a run here well this was a game you had to win and they just didn't win it two to three to two or four to two they spanked them they spanked them good they started on time it was great um but for me these last three games especially i, I don't know about you chris but this might be the best duncan keith has played in, yeah. in two or three seasons uh he's been going back to that st louis game where they lost you know he had a goal he should have had you know three points that and mm -hmm. i think he ended up with two um, really since they put him on the power play, I think you talk about kind of like Corey, all of a sudden you get that responsibility. The Blackhawks get rid of Gustafson, who was a great power play guy for this team. Duncan slides in there and he's just exploded. He's playing at a level. He's playing more minutes now. He's got more responsibility. Um, and we keep saying that those veteran guys are dragging him along here into this fight and keeping it alive. And, you know, obviously Kane and Taves, the usual suspects, um, but Duncan Keith's a guy that's really, really jumped out at me that said, all right, follow my lead. We got a young decor jump on my back guys. He's defending. Well, think of that Florida Panthers game. I think he had four interceptions in the yeah. D zone after all those turnovers to keep that overtime alive. So, um, Kane and Taves obviously have really stepped up, but Duncan Keith really, really impressed me. I think Duncan's stick has been terrific, Amazing. right? I mean, he's just been breaking up plays. Yep. His gap control has been great. He's stepping into the play a little bit more offensively. Yeah, this is absolutely the best he's played, certainly this season and probably last season. Yep. And if he plays like this, if he'd have been like this at the start of the season, he'd be thinking, this is a Norris Trophy yeah. candidate again. Yeah. But he's coming on when it really counts. Yep. The minutes are up. You know, he's a different player than he yep. was a few years ago. He's older, but he certainly doesn't look like he's lost any no. any speed, right? And like I said, the six's been very good. And he, they're really, that defense was kind of uh, shaky a little bit there. Yep. He's really solidified Big it. time. You mentioned the power play. And for a while we were talking about that's one of those keys that was so good last year that is a, probably a big reason why the Blackhawks are where they are. If they could get the power play going earlier in the season, there's more goals, there's more, point, yep. more points on the board. Since they put... Duncan Keith on the top unit. Since they moved our upcoming guest, Dominique Kubelik, to the top unit, this power play is pretty lethal, and a lot of it comes from teeing up those two at the point. Duncan Keith, in the first game where he was put out there at that top point, he had, I think, six shot attempts in the yep. very first power play. The first unit was out there for two full minutes. Now they're teeing up Kubelik on that right dot where Patrick Kane was for so long. Yep. They've switched sides there, and they're teeing up those big shots with also the skill of Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit was out there for a while. And you've got just so many different complementary pieces that this power play has become very dangerous. They're scoring goals, but they're even more dangerous on some of the ones they're not scoring. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to give Patrick Sharp too much credit because he's an <laughs> I told you so kind of guy to me all the time, but it was probably a couple months ago when the Hawks were playing the Jets or maybe a month ago, and they've got all righties on their power play, so they've got a right-handed shot where Kane usually stands passing to one-timers on the righty, and he was like, I really like this setup. I think it, it'd be something the Hawks should look at to put Kane on his strong side and pass to some lefties. At the time, Gustafson was on the point. Now you swap him out for Duncan Keith, who's a lefty. So Kane is now passing to a one-timer on the point. And then you got Kubalik on the backside that's hitting one-timers. And, and Debrinkit struggled a bit uh, lately, so you, you, he's no longer the shooting threat. Now it's Kubalik, the shooting guy, and Duncan Keith. I, I think for the last year, he struggled shooting the puck. He wasn't on the power play as much. Now he gets out there, and he's just ripping it. The puck mm -hmm. hits his stick. It's exploding off his stick. Now he's not afraid to let it rip. Uh, it kind of goes back to when he was a Norris guy. It was he gets the puck on his stick and it's hard at the net. It's pounded at the net, and that's what he's doing. And I love the Hawks power play setup right now. You got a passer in Kane, and he's got a bunch of lefties he can pass to one timers. And I think that's a big. Re I mean, that power play was five percent, uh, you know, a month ago, one for twenty. I think they were. Now they look pretty darn dangerous. You know, they. I think they tried to force that cross ice feed from Kane to Debrink yeah. it far too often. Yep. It kept going to it. Obviously, it worked the, the season before. It was the only option, right? But it just wasn't happening this season. So there's a lot of forcing that. And I think that Jeremy Carlton realized that and the coaching staff realized that. And that's a big move to move Kane from that one side to the other side. Yep. He's been there for a lot of seasons, a lot, yep. of, a lot of power play goals there. So to make that move there, and I'm, I'm much more comfortable with Kubalik taking that one-timer yep. or even just taking a little more time and space and taking that shot. And you mentioned Duncan at the point and you know sometimes Taves in front. It's just been a really a, a formula that's really working. And you, know, you can't win close hockey games without a no, good power play. You have to. You We'd have be to. remiss in discuss, discussing Duncan Keyes without mentioning uh, he's hit some big milestones Oof. in the last few weeks. I think he rattled them off in almost three straight games, yeah. reaching 100 career goals, 500 career assists, 600 points, just the second Blackhawks defenseman to hit 600 points in a Blackhawks sweater. Uh, we know where he stands in terms of the all-time legacy of this team, but just hitting some of those milestones. And I'm sure a lot of that feeds into the confidence because he'd been sitting on 99 career goals since November. He'd been sitting just a few points away from some of these assists and points record for a while. And Burr, as you mentioned, like he's getting this confidence now and he quickly rattled those off and he's becoming, like we discussed, an offensive threat as well as what he does on the other side of the puck. Yeah, he was chasing Seabrook for that 100 That's goals right. too. Seabrook, it, it was... I remember when I heard that stat, you think back how many goals Siebes has scored here too in those big power plays. He got to 100 before Duncan Duncan did, so you know Duncan wanted to chase his his buddy Siebesy down, but pretty incredible milestones. And and but I'll say it again, he's he's playing better this last, you know, month than he has for me in the last couple couple seasons. He's motivated, he looks he looks ticked off out there in a good way. Uh, he's been really fun to watch the last month. You know, another aspect of Duncan Keith's game is the way he's kind of mentored Adam Boquist, yeah. who I thought has, has been terrific the last few games offensively with that that shot pass that he, he's yep. really kind of perfected. It's worked a couple of times now. You, so you've got Duncan Keith and Boquist playing at high levels, but Boquist listens to Duncan Keith. Yep. He watches Duncan Keith, and they talk all the time. You see him in practice. They're always huddling and they're talking, and that's another aspect of Keith's game that you know not a lot of people see and understand, but he's making a, a rookie who – we didn't think it would be in the NHL at this point into a top line, uh, top blue liner. So that that pairing, I think, has been, been terrific. And the way they can move the puck, it yep. just takes the pressure off of everybody else. Yep. And and uh, I've seen it with young defensemen and veteran guys, and I can guarantee it, Duncan saying, go and make those plays. Go mm -hmm. and make the pass. I'll cover you up. You, you mess one up. You make a bad play. 
I got you. And we've seen it a lot. We've seen Duncan have to go and chase a guy down or, or win a battle in the corner, and he does that. But that's going to make – Bolquist needs to keep having these reps. He needs to make those plays. That's the kind of player he is. He's a high-level, high-skill guy um, that can make plays that you just can't teach. And I think him playing with Duncan, I think he's playing a lot better because he knows he's got a guy he can trust that will cover for him, and that will encourage him. Hey, keep making plays. Let's be offensive out here. Let's get some points. Let's score. Let's push the pace up the ice. And I think it's a perfect pairing right now. Before we toss it to our interview, I want to run one stat that happened last night by you guys. I don't know if you saw it, but with that first goal, Kirby Dock left it for Adam Boquist, who then had that shot pass yep. for Drake Kajula. It was the first time in NHL history two players born after the year 2000 combined on a goal with Kirby Dock and Adam Boquist, both getting assists on that. Uh, I... I don't know about you guys, but those I guys feel are born I, in two thousand. They were born after the year oh, two thousand. I, I should know that. But it's uh, I saw that stat, and I just thought, man, I'm really old. Wow, I'm just really old. <laughs> so the first time two guys born in the two thousands have had uh, uh, points on the same goal. Yes. Oh god. More than one player born in after the that, millennium hit. We're there, and now. that's that's no coincidence because Kirby Doc, I think, has really stepped up yeah. his game. As he was all over the ice against the good. Ducks, both ends of the ice, playing very well. He did that spin move that yeah. was Kane-like. I don't know Incredible. if Kane's even done that one before, yeah. but a guy that size to be able to make that move, um, I guess with the shot would have gone in. It hadn't been deflected, but he, to me, has really um, found himself a little bit. He goes in the corners. He wins puck battles, which I think he struggled with early on in the season, and he comes out with a puck, and he's got very good vision, and he can skate. Uh, that draft pick is looking more and more like the – the right move from standpoint. Big moment. time, yeah. And I, I love how uh, the coaching staff is giving him more responsibility too in the last couple months also. These are big games. I know they got to win it, but you also got to develop some guys and, and they're throwing him into the fire. He's playing bigger minutes. He's, he's getting tougher matchups. He was out there a lot against Ryan Getzlaff last mm -hmm. night. I saw that matchup. He did great. Drew a penalty against Getzlaff too. So I like that they're throwing him into this thing and he, he, he every game he's getting more and more confidence because he's getting those big minutes and, and big reps against big-time players. And how much will that benefit him next season? Yeah. Right? He's already playing in big games at this age. Yep. You know Whether the Blackhawks make the playoffs or not is to be determined, but next season Adam Boquist has, has been through the fires. Yep. You know uh, Kirby Dock has been through the fires. Some of these younger guys, Nega Kubelik, the same thing. These are big, stressful hockey games. That's good for a player. Yeah. Well, the youth is starting to take over and – one of the big keys of that, Dominic Kubelik, who has 29 goals on the year, tied with Patrick Kane for the team lead in goals. Uh, if you had told me that sitting there in October, I think we all would have taken the under on that one. But he joins us right now, rookie sensation, Dominic Kubelik. Sergachev turned it over. Saad couldn't shoot it because it would have been offside. Put it for Kubelik for the hat trick. Hat trick for Dominic Kubelik. The first of his NHL career. Saad set him up from the lightning blue line on the near side. Kubelik was wide open on the far side of the ice. Took a precision pass and without any hesitation, hits the back of the empty lightning net with 2.31 left in the third. It's 5-2 Hawks. We are pleased to be joined now by not only the guy who's tied for the Blackhawks goal scoring lead at this point of the season, the NHL rookie goal scoring leader. He's in third place in rookie points. Uh, and I would say Burr and Cook, he's really taken the league by storm in his first year. Dominic Kubelik joining us on Blackhawks Insider now. Uh, Dominic, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a whirlwind season for you. you. You came into camp just looking to make the roster. Assure yourself a spot on this team. You get added to the trip 
to go to Europe to open the season just miles from where you grew up. Now you're sitting here. You're tied for the team lead here in early March. Uh, you're a permanent spot, not only on the top line, but on the top power play unit. You're becoming quite the name around the NHL. What has the last six, seven months been like for you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been it's been amazing for sure. From the from the first moment when I uh, when I got here, you know, uh, the goal was uh, for sure make the team and uh, and then take off with the team to uh, to Europe. So so and that happened. And for me and for my family, it was something special, you know, to have my uh, first first NHL uh, game. Uh, like 35 minutes from from my hometown was something special and and I think everybody back home like really enjoyed it so so uh and since that moment uh, it's been it's been amazing so so I'm really enjoying the time you lit up um you know every league you've been in you've been a goal scorer you're in the Swiss league I know that's a scoring league but you lit that league up I remember when you first came here in training camp I was sitting with some guys that played and they were like, watch this kid, watch him shoot the puck. He sniped every league. We were YouTubing clips of you watching you um, one time in pucks. But I'm always interested when when guys come over here for the first time, Is what's your mind? Are you thinking like, man, I'm going to score. I lit it up in every other league I've been in. I can do it here. I mean, you just said, I just wanted to make the team. You don't score 30 goals if your mindset is just to make the team. What, what, what What's going through your mind when you come over here? I'm playing for the Blackhawks now. Did you know you were going to score 30 goals? Uh, no, <laughs> no. The, obviously, when I came, I you always want to be confident, right? You, yeah. You you believe yourself. You know what you can do. But but uh, I know that every single league is different. So I remember when I when I get to Switzerland, uh, it took me a couple of games before uh, uh, I started actually playing well, start playing my hockey and and using my strength. So so I knew it's gonna take me a little while too. But uh, I hope that uh, those. Two years when I played in OHL is going to help me a lot because you know smaller ice, uh, everything is faster. So, so uh, and I think you know talking to my brother about it uh, was was huge for me too because uh, he played a couple of games. He played a couple of years in uh, in the AHL. So, yeah. so With Columbus, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he he uh, he taught me like a lot of. I think pretty uh, simple things like what to do, what uh, what should I use because he knows my game probably probably the best. So. Uh, and you know, uh, since the first uh, first day, uh, I was trying to do that. And uh, actually, I think the first uh, first game in Detroit, that preseason game, helped me a lot with the yeah. confidence. When when uh, when you score a goal, you know it's it's always good for a goal scorer, right? So the confidence is there. And then then yeah, I was just trying to. So we'll give your brother that. Thomas all the credit, huh? Oh, yeah, He's taking sure. all the credit sure. now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what was the biggest adjustment? I mean, obviously you had the shot, you were able to get it off in, in Europe. And in the A, but is it finding the time and space at the NHL level to get that shot off? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think for me, it's I actually like this game better than in Europe. Uh, that's probably because you know when the when the ring is smaller, like I, I would say that every single angle is, is it's pretty good to take a shot. So I mean, uh, I just gotta be ready all the time. But again, on the other side, the the game is really quick, so you don't have really, you know, time like in Europe to think about like what's going to be your next step or where, where you should be. So, so, uh, for sure it took me a couple of games, uh, before I realized what, what I should do or where, should, uh, where should I be that, uh, um, uh, yeah, I think those, those two things were, 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 were huge for me. What's it like when you, you come here to Chicago I know you watched the NHL. Your brother played in the NHL, and you walk into the dressing room and you see 
Kane and Taves and and these guys that have won these Stanley Cups. Um, I played with those punks when they were nobody, so they they didn't intimidate me. But is it what, what's it like walking in there for somebody? Because I never was in the, that situation. I played against guys. I remember we played against the Red Wings. I was like, holy man, there's Nick Lidstrom, there's Datsuk. Um, was there some intimidation there when you walked in? I mean, you obviously you project a lot of confidence when you play. You don't look like a rookie. You don't. You're chiseled, man. This guy's jacked. You can't see him on in the podcast here, but he's ripped. He's jacked. Big guy. It's a good thing that you can't see because yeah. he'd be putting us to shame. <laughs> yeah, right I know it. Um, but you don't. You you seem like a confident guy. Were, were you confident walking in, or was there some nerves? Uh for sure it was. Yeah, I was nervous uh, for sure because uh, uh, I think. Uh, for me, it's all about you know the experiences about about to play against those guys. And I remember my first game in the national team. Uh, there was something big for me. Uh, then I had a chance to play in the Olympics. I know it that was without the NHL guys, but then the first uh, World Championship when I when I when we had that quarterfinal against against the US yeah. and 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 Kainer scored those two goals and we didn't even have a chance. You know, yeah. we didn't know how to stop it. So, so uh, then I was like, okay, so I'm gonna be probably in the locker room with this guy. So like. It's gonna be something special, yeah. right? So, and and it was, you know, and especially like to be uh, around those guys and and uh, watch them what they're doing, you know, the, on the ice and off the ice is uh, it's a big school for me. So, so I'm really happy for that. Was uh, there a time when you were in the Kings organization and it's not going the way you want? You're not getting your opportunity, and before you hear they're coming to Blackhawks, there a time you're thinking in your head, "This may never happen for me." Well. Um, after that uh, trade, uh, the first thing what that's what you know came to my mind was uh, that the Blackhawks are are the team that they usually uh, were given the uh, you know time and uh, time and space for, for for the guys coming back from Europe. Mm -hmm. So so uh, I thought it's it's sh that should be my uh, it should be my spot. It sh should be a good fit for me and and uh, you know like I said like play. Those guys like Taser, you know, uh, Duncan Keith. It's 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 just something special. So, I'm really happy to be here. Do you have a number uh, in mind now on goals? Where you're at right now? You're at 30, and I, I think it's people. It 29. 29. Taken away. Pe yeah, we yeah, were yeah, all right, celebrating the, the, the other the night. I'm sure. Sorry. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, but and we got to remember, you did a lot of this without first power play time. Just about the whole season. So now you're cranking. Now, do you have a number? Is there a number you want to hit? Like, is it 35? Is it 40? Or is it just I want to score every night? I want to. Well, the mindset is that I want to score every night for sure. But uh, I know it's 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 you know the hockey is up and down. So I, I know that uh, uh, you know that my streak is going right now. But I know that it's gonna be uh, it's not gonna be like that every time. So then uh, then you need to uh, to do something to you know that bad streak just stop it like really quick. So I mean. Uh, I don't really think about how many goals I'm gonna score or something, but there's like a big pressure back in Che because the uh, uh, the I think 32 goals is the best like a rookie, rookie Czech guy Czech or something. Ever? Yeah, Klima. So like the the you know the reporters are talking about it like oh, if gonna I'm gonna make that. it or not. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm pretty close. I just beat Yager, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no way. Yeah, he had, he had to, uh, 28. So. Uh, you know, if, if if you beat the Agra, it's just you know, it's unreal. Who's so. your biggest Czech growing up? Who was the Czech hockey player that you looked up to the most? Is it Yager? Or who's the guy? Yeah, it was probably Yager. Yeah. I think for every single Czech, it was Yager or Straka. So those guys were were huge in Czech. Yeah. The longer we go here in the season, your name keeps coming up with Calder Trophy nominee possibility. Do you think about that at all? Being Rookie of the Year, I know obviously you want to win hockey games and you want to help a team out, but in the end, is that something that would be nice? For sure, it would be nice, but uh, uh, 
don't really think about it because I know that uh, there is still still 16 games in the season and we're in the mix for the playoffs. So so the main focus is uh, uh, is on the playoffs and and uh, to have my game like consistency. So uh, I just because I know that uh, from the beginning that that was probably my biggest problem that I was up and down a little bit. So so I'm just trying to find that uh, that uh, level that high standard that I'm gonna keep every night. Walk us through kind of what you're doing off the ice. You know, you're in your rookie season. You're obviously having such success, but I know during the trip last week in Florida, I ran into you, I think, three times in the hotel gym. After practice, you know, you're already doing your own thing. Carter's at the or, Humble Brand. Yeah, exactly. What were you doing the in there? The first three times <laughs> I was in the gym all season. Uh, uh, so we're batting out a thousand percent right now. But uh, you're in there, even on an off day. Uh, you, the night after you score a hat trick, your first NHL hat trick, you come in, you're just, you're riding the bike a little bit, you're not doing a lot, but you're still putting in the work, getting the legs working. How important is that to keep pushing yourself? Cause I mean, someone similar in your shoes, maybe a little younger, you're 24 years old, but would be, yeah, I'm doing okay. I, you know, I'm doing all right. I can maybe take a day off here. You scored a hat trick last night, but you're just going right back at it. And you're, it seems like you're always trying to just up that level even more. Yeah, uh, that's what I was used to doing back uh, back in Europe uh, because uh, there is not not too many games and you just need to you know uh, keep that um, you know I don't know how to say like uh, to still be in the shape you know to uh, to work on some things and and uh, I think my game is all about uh, my legs so if uh, if I'm skating so I, I know that I'm gonna get chances so so uh, then that's what I'm trying to do I don't really like you know if there's a day off and I think. Uh, the best recovery for me is to, you know, do at least something, you know, to hit the bike for a little bit or stretch or something. So, so uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And sometimes actually, it's 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 not easy, you know, when you're in the band, you're like, okay, so you you better do something. But sometimes I do feel like I need it. But uh, still, I know it was working uh, that uh, season. So I'm just trying to keep going, and that's that's kind of like uh, what I'm trying to do because I know that uh, when I got here. The first couple of games, you know, with the travels and, you know, you're every night and there's a, a, on the different spot. So it's uh, something different uh, than I than I used to have back in Europe. So in Switzerland, you're every every single night you're uh, in your bed. So it's, you know, it's it's a little bit different. So so you just need to get used to it and uh, uh, find that uh, find a way to to be ready every night. Has that travel worn on you kind of going across the country, three, four hour <laughs> flights right after a game? Sometimes playing the very next night doesn't look like it. He could be a sixty goal scorer. Maybe it has taken an effect. You know, good point. No, I think uh, first couple of games was uh, was tough for sure. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I didn't know how to uh, how to sleep. You know, before and I just tried to find something what's gonna what's gonna help me feel good. And I think it's it's to do something the day offs and uh, and still get the body going. Take us into the. Uh, dressing room a little bit now the last month or so we all know those guys the guys that have won cups down there and what's you know out of the playoffs six points out eight points out you on that trip you go on five on the canadian trip there and you could sense some frustration with the guys um, but the last couple of weeks uh, it seems like the veteran guys i don't know if they've been more vocal if they've just been leading by the way they played guys like you that are playing big minutes or scoring uh, what's it been like? What, what's going on in the dressing room right now? What's the you've, you've won a bunch of games in a row now. It seems like you guys are still holding on to this thing. It would have been easy to throw the towel in and say, hey, we're pretty far back. But what's changed here the last couple of weeks? Well, I think uh, 
I think we were close, like uh, in that uh, Canadian trip, we were, yeah. uh, those games, I think uh, were, were pretty tight. I know that we didn't make any points, but I think we still were there and uh, uh, we were just, you know, I don't want to say hoping, but uh, always like the games were, were that close that I think we should we should win some yeah. games. And, and uh, you know, and if it's still a bit frustrating for sure, if, if you know that uh, the games are going your way, but you're not still able to win, you know, so, so, and then it's eventually it's going to turn the other way. So, so you're just going to work, work for it. Then uh, I think the last couple, couple of weeks and, uh, and then uh, the game in, in Tampa and Florida, I think they were huge for us, yeah. you know, get the confidence back, you know, that we know that we're able to do it. So, so, uh, and right now we're, where I think, uh, you know, I think our minds are, 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 are still in the playoffs. No so, yelling so. and screaming, no team no, meetings, no, no yelling, snaps, no, not, nothing there right now. Yeah. So, so it's, it's always nice when, when the team is winning, you know, the mood is, mood is nice. Everybody are happy when they get to the ring. So, so it's, it's obviously different. So, uh, just want to keep going because there is a big month coming up, yeah. uh, uh, especially, uh, at home in this building. So, so, and that, that should be a big advantage for us. Take us off the ice out of the gym, what do you like to do in Chicago? What do you like about Chicago? Who are you living with? What's what's your situation? Uh, I'm here with my girlfriend, my dog, so that's probably uh, those two. Uh, I don't know if I can say guys, but <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, for sure I'm, uh, I'm spending lots of time with my girlfriend. So always would like to go with uh, for like a dinner or something, so or walk around to the Navy Pier with our dog. It's, you know, because you're not you're not a lot of time at home, so you're just trying to enjoy it all the time. So, so that's that's basically what we're doing. We had actually lots of visits from uh, from back home. My family was here, uh, my girlfriend's family. So, a couple of friends are coming up this uh, this month. So, uh, you know, everybody wants to wants to see NHL games. Yeah. So, so it's it's great for them too. You getting recognized on the street? Uh, no, no. I, I don't think that uh, I'm Taze or Kane. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's coming. <laughs> Early in the season, we were talking before your family was here, and you mentioned it was kind of it was tough, you know, being in a new city alone. How much did that change help, you know, off the ice? Just having your girlfriend here, having your dog here. I know you mentioned. I think your dog runs your household. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> how much did that help you? Let's get the dog on the show. Of, yeah. Right? <laughs> how much did it help you just kind of get more comfortable and start really fitting in here early on? I think it's huge, you know, always when you have your, uh, your family around, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot better. So, so makes you feel like, like your home. It doesn't matter where you are, but when, uh, if you're with your family, it's, uh, it's huge. So, so, and even with the, with the little guy, Rocky, he's, he's amazing. So he always, uh, uh, makes me, you know, even if I'm not in a good mood, he always makes me happy. So, so that's, that's, I think what, what is about. Rocky, dog's name? Yeah. Naming him after the guy signing your paychecks, huh? <laughs> smart, smart man. Good move. All right, I got a few questions for you. Some rapid fire, some some fun questions. We'll get to know you a little bit. Uh, funniest teammate? I would say uh, Shazi. Yep. For Clown. sure. Yep. Uh, most Clown. serious teammate? <laughs> most serious teammate. I would say that most of the time it's maybe Jonathan Taves. Still? He's kept serious. Can't yeah. get rid of it. So, uh, who's the smartest teammate? Smartest teammate, including me or no? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> could pump your tires. <laughs> no, I would say, uh, I think, uh, Sarah looks, looks Pretty like he's going to be a smart yeah. guy. Yep. Uh, how about the strongest in the gym? Who's the biggest monster in there? Uh, Murph or, or Taser too. Favorite road city so far? I got to go with Tampa. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Good call. Uh, where's your favorite vacation spot in the world? 
Uh, I've never been to Dubai and I really wanted to go there. So probably Dubai. That's where you'd want to go. Um, favorite NHL player growing up, Jager? Yeah, it was, was uh, it? like Czech, Czech was Jager, but uh, I always watch Ovechkin and goal scorers. So uh-huh. it was Stamkos and uh, Kucherov. And so those guys. What do you miss most about home? Uh, uh, probably, uh, I mean, the food. F- food is uh, for sure a uh, big part. You know, Czech beer everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> what what favorite food? Uh, you know, we got that uh, schnitzel. Probably yeah. everybody knows. So that's that's probably or, or goulash and those those you know heavy heavy sauces. We indulged in some goulash when we were over Did there. Did you? To start the <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. A little bit of the Czech beer as well. Goulash. What do you eat before a game? Uh, I eat uh, spaghetti bolognese and chicken. Uh, any pregame rituals? I got a lot, but I don't really want to talk about can't it. Tell. There is yeah. actually a lot of things. Really? Well, you're a psycho. You're <laughs> one of those psychos, I am huh? superstitious. So yep. Everything is what's working for me. I want to do it the next day. Oh, uh, yeah. Nightmare. Last one. Uh, why the number eight? Uh, I used to play with 18 because uh, that's my that's my mother's uh, birthday. And uh, uh, last year in Switzerland, uh, I was already taken. So, so uh, I just switched numbers to 81. And when I got here, obviously, uh, 18 is in the rafters and uh, 81 Marian Hansa. So I didn't want that pressure on my yep. back, obviously. So yeah. <laughs> I just pick eight. Cool. That's cool. a good uh, a good adjustment. Did you know Marian Hansa at all? I know another guy that from not Czech, but same area, same region, uh, obviously a legend here. Did you, he came and visited the team to start the season, but did you get a chance to interact with him at all? Another highly skilled European player? We just uh, we just said hi to uh, to each other, but uh, uh, you know when when I saw him uh, back in Prague, he, he was talking with the guys they uh, they used to play together. So so I think we or like I never met uh, met him before. So uh, but it would be nice to to have a conversation with him for sure. Well, we appreciate you having a conversation with us and joining us for just a few minutes today. Uh, I know I speak for everyone here when we say keep scoring, keep going, keep yeah. doing all those rituals because. They seem to be working right now. You're you're lighting the lamp, and uh, you're having a great rookie season, and keep it going through the end. Thank you very much. That will do it for this week's episode. A special thank you to Dominic Kubelik for joining us, as well as Adam Burrish and Chris Cook. I'm Carter Baum, and we will see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. <laughs>